Mantles is brought to you by EXO Auto Works. EXO Auto Works is Colorado Springs home of the $50 synthetic blend oil change. Call now, 719-375-3232 or visit exoautoworks.com to make your appointment. Madrid Maintenance. Madrid Maintenance offers excellent handyman service in the Colorado Springs area starting at just 45 an hour. You can reach them by phone at 719-963-2020 or online at facebook.com slash madridmaintenance. Enharmonic Studios. Enharmonic Studios is a hybrid digital analog facility designed to be quality and affordable to anyone who wants to make history. Call today, 719-963-2020 or go to facebook.com slash enharmonicstudios. You coming, G? Yeah, you guys going. Well, nigga, you gonna be at the function, bruh? I don't think so, Barney. Why? What the fuck's your problem? Uh, the thing is, I can't dance like the rest of them. Bro, what the fuck you mean, dog? Get the fuck out here and get your fucking groove on, dog. I can't dance at all. I don't know how. Nigga, that shit easy, bro. Watch this. You just hit this shit like this real quick. Shake that butt. Shake that butt. Baby, get... I'd be silly. Nah, bro, you just gotta hit this shit like this. Down, go shake that butt, just shake that butt. Uh, I, I can't, Barney. Nigga, if my fat ass can do it, you can get out and fucking dance. I'm just gonna go home. Bye, guys. Well, bye, tomorrow. Whatever, nigga. Live from EXO Auto Works. Streaming all over the world. We're coming for you, globalist. It's your weekly dose of toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. With Eric Madrid. And Trevor Lane. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad. What is up, everybody? Uh, as you can see, Eric Madrid is not with us this evening. You'll have to suffer through just me. He is on a special assignment or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hope everyone had a good week. Uh, starting to get cold here in Colorado. In fact, my knee hurts. <laughs> That's one of the ways I can tell that the uh, weather is changing <clears throat> as I age, which is uh, wonderful. And um, yeah, speaking of that, I, I, uh, Went to uh, the doctor's today, uh, and in what is uh, not really news to anybody, my uh, my back is fucked up. <laughs> Still some more. Um, now we were, I didn't really have a primary care, so I was establishing a primary care, and uh, discussing what to do with the back from. Uh, Kind of the options are nothing, physical therapy, um, injections, or surgery. So we're probably going to go somewhere between nothing and physical therapy because I've been doing exercises on my own that keep it feeling pretty good. So uh, anyways, that's, that's, uh, that's what happens when you get old. And goody-goody, next year I get the old colonoscopy. And thankfully, this time, he did not feel the need to check my prostate. I'm pleased about that. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for my week. Uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight. We got a bunch of fun news stuff, some cool stuff, some tools of the week, sports, and some history. So we're going to start that off right now with the news. Yep, right when I find it and click it, there it is.
as you'll see with the news, it pays to be prepared. And one of the best ways to do that is to have some emergency food available. And the best place to get emergency food is from Valley Food Storage by going to prepare.mantoolsmedia.com because you'll never know when it will come in handy. And it's always going to be better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. All right. Uh, we start off with some science news. This is pretty neat. <clears throat> um, scientists have observed the uh, what they call the afterglow from two planets crashing into each other for the first time. Uh, <clears throat> scientists watched as the heat and dust that were left behind from the crash swirled in front of the star, allowing them to see the aftermath of the explosion. The incident happened when two ice giant planets collided with each other. Around a star similar to our own sun, a blaze of light and dust resulted, which could be seen from Earth. Those effects were first spotted by an amateur astronomers, by amateur astronomer social media, who noticed unusual light coming from the star. It had brightened up in infrared. Scientists then watched the star in an attempt to understand what was happening. They monitored for further changes in the star, named, uh, I guess, Assassin, A-S-A-S-S-N. Uh, yeah, another sign I'm getting old. I got to zoom that in a little so I can... There we go. Uh, 21QJ to see how the star's brightness had changed. To be honest, this uh, observation was a complete surprise to me. When we originally shared the visible light curve of this star with other astronomers, we started watching it with a network of other telescopes, said co-lead author Matthew Kenworthy from Leiden University. An astronomer on social media pointed out that the star brightened up in the infrared over a thousand days before the optical fading. I knew then this was an unusual event. Their research suggests that the glow was the heat from the collision, which could be picked up by NASA's Nowise mission. Uh, the optical light began to fade when the dust covered the star over a period of three days. Our calculations and computer models indicate that the temperature and size of the glowing material, as well as the amount of time of the glow has lasted, is consistent with the collision of two ice giant exoplanets. I'm not sure how they know what's consistent with that. <laughs> I mean, this is the first one they've observed, so I don't know where they get that it's consistent. Uh, but okay. Uh, the dust is then expected to start smearing out, and astronomers hope to confirm their theories by watching as that happens, since it should be visible both from Earth and with NASA's James Webb Space Telescope, and they might see that dust begin its journey into something else. Pretty wild. Uh, up at the top, I guess, is an artist rendering. They, I didn't see, I even Googled, I didn't see any actual images of what they're talking about. So, uh, but it's pretty rad. Um, then we go on to, uh, California, uh, where you've all heard of Amber Alerts, right? Well, California went, that's not good enough. We need one just for black kids. <laughs> so they have created the Ebony Alert. Advocates say the alert system is the first in addressing the crisis of missing black children. Well, I'm going to fast forward in the article to what the actual crisis is because, well, I guess we'll discuss first uh, what exactly is going on here. California's newly enacted Ebony Alert Law is the first of its kind in the nation to prioritize the search for black youth gone missing. Governor Gavin Newsom signed Senate Bill 673. Sorry, I'm parched into law on Sunday, making California the first state to create an alert notification system similar to an Amber Alert to address the crisis of missing black children and young women. Now, you might say, don't Amber Alerts cover, like, it's not just white kids on Amber Alerts, right? Yes. 
You're correct. Uh, and here's why. Uh, in Colorado, or in Colorado, in order for authorities in California to issue an Amber Alert, the victim must be under 17 or have a disability, which makes sense. There must be a reason to believe they're in danger, and the alerts cannot be used for custodial disputes or runaways. And this is the part that causes a problem when it comes to black kids, because they are most often runaways. They haven't been kidnapped. Uh, I'm not sure what other ways you could be missing <laughs> as a child. Uh, they didn't get lost. Um, and I'm not saying that that's good or bad or indifferent. I'm, you know, I'm just saying instead of a special black kids alert, maybe add the runaways. Like, why not alert that there's a runaway? Regardless of the race, why not just add runaways to the Amber Alert? This seems like a... Uh, a politicized slash racialized solution for a problem where there's a much simpler fix, which would be to add, just add runaways to the Amber Alert cases. My humble opinion. But that's obviously not how they roll in California. So congratulations, California. Now, whenever there's a black kid missing, um, and I don't know if you'll get two. I don't know if you'll get an Amber Alert. Uh, like, if, like if they're actually missing is what I'm getting at, and they're not a runaway. Will you get an Amber, amber Alert and then an Ebony Alert just because they're black? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I'll put it this way. I ignore Amber Alerts uh, equally regardless of the race. So I know that's a heartless bad joke. <clears throat> um, moving on to uh, news from the Navy. Uh, what a surprise. <laughs> Embracing drag queens hasn't fixed the Navy's recruiting problems. <laughs> we talked about this a while back. Uh, they had that uh, this Navy kid, I'd call him a kid. I'm sure he's younger than me, um, who was into drag, and they went, you know what, we're going to go ahead and have you help us recruit by officially dressing up in drag. Doing your TikToks and Instagrams. Well, apparently that didn't help. On Tuesday, the Navy Recruiting Command revealed that the branch had failed to meet its recruiting goals for the 2023 fiscal year, which, uh, if you're wondering, just ended? Yeah, I believe so. Um, according to the Navy Times, the branch brought in 30,000-some-odd new active duty sailors in fiscal 2023, falling short of the 37,000 target number. The Navy also missed its targets for new active duty officers and reserve officers by 452 and 773. That's a weird way to phrase that. Officers are not enlistees, so it wouldn't be enlistees. Uh, recruits, I guess, <clears throat> respectively. During her Senate confirmation hearing last month, Acting Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Lisa Franchetti projected that the Navy would miss its FY23 recruiting goals by 700 or 7,000 sailors, which is exactly where they were at. Uh, according to Franchetti, that estimation is better than one given by the Navy at the beginning, which predicted a 13,000 shortfall. Uh, <clears throat> To combat the ongoing crisis, Jesus, the Navy increased its maximum enlistment from 39 to 41. Dude, I could not imagine enlisting in a branch of military service at the age of either of those, anywhere in the 30s. <laughs> uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Army 
has been it, historically their max has been 35 unless it gets waived but okay um in an effort to allow more civilians to join its ranks nearly a month later it lowered its interest tests standards and in june the branch announced further plans to extend the work week for its recruiters that sucks from five days to six ooh, to address existing shortfalls but backed away from that policy after facing backlash from sailors yeah i fucking bet i would be really pissed off if i was a recruiter and they suddenly were making me work on saturdays uh yeah yep uh some of the factors contributing to their recruiting dilemma has been the uh, waning health of america's youth yeah um, american kids now are fat piles of shit that's all there is to it they're not they're just not like for whatever well i mean i know some of the reasons they don't really play outside anymore um our f food supply is garbage although that was already kind of going on in like the 80s when i was a kid um and uh <clears throat> i think the big one is they just don't play outside like that you know some of these kids probably haven't run until they get to the navy <laughs> they might it may they may not have had to do a push up um <clears throat> So as it says here, for example, they, they found that 77% uh, of young Americans would not qualify for military service without a waiver due to being overweight, using drugs, or having mental and physical health problems. Yeah. Um, the Army has done something similar to what the Navy did. They uh, The Navy developed the Future Sailor Preparatory Course. I guess the Army did a similar thing. Um, a program that launched in April aimed at helping prospective recruits meet the Navy's body fat entry standards. The initiative also focuses on academic coursework and basic militarization. Um, so, eh, I don't know, kind of a clickbaity headline. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess the drag thing didn't help, but it's not like this pointed out evidence that it hurt either. Um, I can't imagine that it did help. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And finally, from uh, from the same publication, The Federalist, uh, this is going to get interesting. Construction workers are retiring and no one is replacing them. And uh, it, for whatever reason, these guys are predicting and uh, you know i think they're probably smarter than me um an upcoming construction boom which paired with the fact that there's a labor shortage that's going to get worse uh <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> i don't know um yeah the kind of the sub headline the coming construction boom and our skilled labor shortage is going to be a disaster the next decade will welcome 200 million Additional global construction jobs, but who is going to build them? Oh, and I, I think, uh, and I says global, but I think they're more concerned about the U.S. Because, well, we'll read on and see. Um, I like how they answer this. Once upon a time, Grandpa came home from the war with a hammer and a work ethic, built his house, and then helped build our nation. <laughs> That's true. Uh, today, though, the U.S. construction industry is not prepared to onshore construction of massive manufacturing facilities and rebuild our energy sector. That is not a close call. There is no quick fix. The needed workers are just not hard to find. They no longer exist. Over 20 years ago, uh, this is from the point of view of the author of the article, I stared at concept drawings and maps for a massive California passenger rail pro project. Those in the front of the room explain the need, cost, and schedule for the no-brainer endeavor. On paper, it was impressive. Leaving the meeting, I said to the other attendees on the elevator, that will never get built. 
The responses were, nope, no way, not in my lifetime, uh, and so forth. They were all, uh, or we were all, construction lawyers in our 20s and 30s and knew it was delusional to think the project would ever exist in the real world. We are now a generation older, and there is no railing. Uh, yep, skilled labor is scarcer, and we are now concerned about other marquee U.S. construction projects. Doesn't that sound great? Uh, the construction industry's product productivity gains over the past three decades. I promise I haven't had that much to drink. I've only had this one. Uh, <laughs> have badly lagged others that have proven more able to absorb invitation and replace humans. A machine can cut a straight line faster than ever to make widgets on a production line, but it cannot hang off the side of the building to erect the steel. Yeah. Um, manual labor and in-person reasoning skills remain in high demand, which, yeah, that's right. They, they can't, like the... It would be great if somehow robots could just build all the things, but that's not the world we live in, at least not yet. And uh, as this points out, if we're going to have a big boom, <laughs> we're going to be in trouble with this. Um, let's see, I'm going to read this, this, this piece about the boom, and then we'll probably move on. Uh, a government subsidized construction boom the next decade will welcome 200 million additional global construction jobs the industry will see growth as of as much as 35 percent compared to the previous decade driven by unprecedented levels of so-called stimulus spending the global construction market spending is expected to increase by as much as 15 trillion china india and the u.s will account for most of that growth if they can manage it for its part Sorry, my mustache is all itchy tonight. Uh, the U.S. is not ready to simultaneously build this many large projects while also having workers available for routine construction. Yeah, that's going to be bad. That is going to be bad. What I, what I fear that you'll see with this... especially if they're talking road construction, which is one of the favorite, especially with government subsidies that they mentioned, uh, is that you'll see a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of projects like half-ass start and never get finished, uh, which will be a nightmare for traffic. <laughs> This thing doesn't really fit in there. I'm just gonna take it off. So that uh, that shall be very interesting. Um, and it's a good segue into co some cool stuff because we're gonna see um, an explanation of some old school construction techniques. So uh, let's get into that. All right, cool stuff. As always, is brought to you by Top Extracts uh, because Kratom is cool stuff. And uh, you should look into Kratom because it can uh, help you alleviate pain. It can help you sleep. Um, it can help people get over or get through uh, kicking opiate addictions. Um, it can do many, many things. And uh, you can find out more and get some of the best Kratom that there is from Top Extracts by going to kratom.mantoolsmedia.com today. Well, maybe not today. After you're done listening to this show. How about that? All right. First up in cool stuff, 
I'm sure you've heard the theory that uh, there's no way that ancient man could have built those big old pyramids in Egypt, so it must have been aliens. And, uh, you know, it sounds, I mean, some of that sounds reasonable. Um, it seems like an insurmountable task for people with stone and wood tools to do what they did. Um, but here's a demonstration about how that may not be the case. Um, this guy shows how with the ancient or materials that are available to the ancient world, that these massive stones could have been moved around. Now, he doesn't get, get into uh, how they could have been cut so precisely. <laughs> That's another question with some of these pyramids, uh, especially down in South America. But he does address how they could move uh, without anti-gravity spaceships and stuff. Look at that. Big old stone being lifted up like that. Now that's interesting. So the stone obviously can't roll because it's cubical. Um, <laughs> so if you make the ground and do a bunch of round humps, you can roll the stone. And then look at this. It's all just, you, you know, you do away with uh, the friction with a lot of it, um, and it becomes mobile. You know, and take advantage of leverage, putting those, those wooden pieces way off like that distributes the weight differently. This is neat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that block weight, and I think this is concrete, not stone, but, you know, um, the <laughs> similarities. Um, I would say the physics still apply. You know what I mean? This guy's name, by the way, is uh, Wally Wallington. He's apparently a retired general contractor who just knows stuff <laughs> about building shit. <laughs> um, and then uh, <laughs> here's a logger with uh, an interesting idea. If you're considering playing the lottery, he has an alternative. playing the lottery what about putting out life insurance on a random logger check this out one million dollars in life insurance only 75 dollars there you go the odds of a logger dying on the job are about one in every three thousand the odds of winning lotto max are about one in 33 million do the math plus life insurance winnings aren't even taxed i mean holy jesus look at the roads i drive down that part there Life insurance, well, as he calls it, winning. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what they call it. Payouts are not taxed. Plus, you can use that asymmetric information to your advantage. The insurance company doesn't know that I like rock climbing and exploring abandoned mines on my days off. Problem is, you can't take out life insurance on just a random person. So I can take it out in my name, name somebody else as a beneficiary, charge them $100 a month, and then pay the 75 putting $25 into my pocket. Which means if we can convince a thousand people to do this, I'll make $25,000 a month and the lottery may have to pay out a billion dollars if I die, which means they'll... I will point out one thing. If he starts making $25,000 a month, why would he keep locking? <laughs> Just saying. I know I wouldn't keep doing my job if I was making 25000 a month. I want to protect their investment. Which means I can probably convince them to buy me a T-54 Russian battle tank for a daily driver as it has one of the highest crash test safety ratings. 
All right. Yeah. So uh, may, maybe see about buying life insurance for a logger instead of playing the lottery. Uh, <laughs> then we have, I thought this was amazing. Uh, this is like one of those nature documentaries, but for politics. In the wilds of American politics, we encounter a remarkable tale of transformation. <laughs> Our protagonist, a young idiotic bartender, embarks... If that didn't give it away to audio listeners, uh, he's talking about AOC. Angela Ocasio-Cortez. ...on an astonishing journey that takes her from behind the bar to the corrupt halls of Congress overnight. This young Japanese, not known for her intellectual prowess, is driven by a fervent commitment... Yeah, jackass with great tits and a great ass. ...into the halls of corruption... Our young jackass is filled with idealism and vodka. <laughs> vodka. Idiotic ideas. However, the road ahead is fraught with challenges, and her extremely low intellect quickly becomes even more apparent. Her woke policies lead to chaos, and the area she represents becomes even more of a shithole. Illegal immigration surges, straining local resources, poverty deepens. Casting a shadow of despair over the community. Drugs and crime grip the region, leaving its residents regretting putting a bartender in charge of their city. <sighs> it appears that our young jackasses lack of intellect and dumbass notions are screwing the very people she was supposed to serve. Yeah, as they do. The story do. of this young jackass in Congress is a cautionary tale. Of putting a bartender in charge of more than making margaritas. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> she is definitely a tool, which brings us to our tools of the week. All right, Tools of the Week, as always, brought to you by Acme Tools. Uh, check them out. They've got everything you could need from uh, hand tools, power tools, uh, uh, clothing sometimes, like workwear, um, and deals that I can't even keep up with. Keep up, keep, yeah, keep up with. They send me these discount codes that I'm supposed to like post or send out and stuff. And a lot of times they're like these super fast flash sales where by the time I see the email, the sale's already done. So the best thing to do is just keep looking because they post these to the site as well. Um, and <clears throat> use uh, use our site to get there by going to acmetools.mantoolsmedia.com because we would really appreciate it. All right. Um, I'm going to let you know, none of the tools this week are actual tools. They're all people. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, I, I try to minimize that, but unfortunately run into more people tools than, uh, than actual tools. And we're going to start with uh, this wonderful kindergarten teacher who, you know, sometimes these kids can get out of hand, so why not just give them melatonin gummies? <laughs> to be to be honest, I read this headline and I was like, well, it, it could have been worse, <laughs> especially in the world of gummies, <laughs> right? Anyone that's in a state with legal weed knows what I'm talking about which I think at this point is all of them. Uh, <laughs> this comes out of Texas, uh, where a teacher has resigned after doping students with melatonin gummies. 
Texas kindergarten teacher was caught passing out melatonin gummies to some of her young special education students to calm them down has resigned. And the district has reported her to Child Protective Services. By the way, melatonin is not great for kids. Don't don't be giving that to your kids. It's, if you're an adult, okay. Having trouble sleeping, but it's really not good for kids. Uh, anyways, that's my two cents from uh, Dr. Trevor. <laughs> and by the way, I'm clearly not a doctor, so I am not giving medical advice. Anyways, um, <clears throat> an investigation by the Humble Independent School District outside of Houston found that the teacher who worked at Pine Forest Elementary School had acted on her own without getting permission from parents or informing anyone. Well, this is sort of true because here's what I wanted to get to. Uh, so one of the boys involved, mom, said she remembers the teacher asking her earlier in the year if her son liked gummies. So I'm not sure if that teacher thought that construed permission. <laughs> but, eh, eh. Uh, the mother, who does not want her name used, said her five-year-old son is nonverbal, and this is her worst nightmare, something happening at school, and her son can't, yeah, that's fucking frightening. Uh, can't tell her about it. She said her son's teacher had called her, before asking for advice on how to calm him down. She called me a few times asking, what do you do at home? What would you suggest? Uh, he's very active, and we sometimes have a hard time getting him to focus back on the task at hand. Uh, according to the CDC, it is possible for children to overdose on melatonin. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So holy shit, dude. <laughs> A teacher just taking it upon themselves to give out melatonin gummies. But like I said, at least it wasn't weed. You know, those gummies exist too and probably could have a calming effect as well. Uh, <clears throat> and then also in school... These schools, just like, what the fuck? This is uh, Oak Grove High School. I'm not sure where that is. California, I'm guessing. <clears throat> but this was part of their pep rally. By the way, also this pep rally included a drag show, I guess. But here, we see it's like kitty cat BDSM gear. And I can't tell if both of those are men or if it's a man and a woman. Uh, the reason why I say it's BDSM gear, because they're, it, there you go. <laughs> okay, it's Catwoman. It was like Catwoman and Batman. Which is funny, that would be great at a, like an adult burlesque club. And then I guess this is a Dude, this is a drag show at the high school. Um, just why? Why? Stop it with this. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe kids know about this stuff in high school, but it doesn't need to be there in the school. Sure, this is slightly less worse... <laughs> than it being an elementary school or a middle school. I'll grant that. But it's still a school. Like, fucking hell. Pep up. And what does this have to do with, like, pepping up for the football game? That's what a pep rally's for. Hey, everybody get excited for the game. Ah. Uh, with something like this, you either get erect or turned off. <laughs> so, I don't know. Definitely tools over there running Oak Grove High School. And then finally, for uh, cool stuff, we head out to Australia. And by the way, this could have... If this animal existed in Florida, this very easily could have been a Florida man story, but it's not. Um, woman was spurred by a platypus... <laughs> when trying to rescue it. Now, this story doesn't go as cynical as some of the other stories 
but uh, it had some neater little. Gr- it, oh, it had this has pictures of what happened to her. So, um, or the aftermath, anyways. So a woman was spurred by a platypus. For those that don't know, at least the male platypi have a like barb on their body. Maybe it shows it here. No, I guess you can't see. It. I can't see it from there. But they have these barbs on their body, very similar, uh, from what I understand, to if you've ever handled a catfish and got stuck with one of those, except the platypus is actually venomous. And the venom is no joke. It hurts. Um, So this lady saw a platypus in a roadside gutter, you know, where fucking platypi live. That's like saying you saw a beaver in a river <laughs> and needed to rescue it. <laughs> what the fuck? That's why I'm calling this lady a tool right there. She saw an aquatic animal in water. <laughs> like, fuck off. Like, okay, maybe it could get hit by a car, I guess. I don't know. But I certainly don't think you need to go picking it up. If you're worried about it, call the fucking whatever the Aussies call a division of wildlife. I'm guessing they just call it the division of wildlife, mate. (laughs) So this lady picks this thing up. And of course, it immediately spurs her hand. (laughs) Stings it, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's been a week, and she is still feeling the impact of that decision. Male platypuses or platypi, uh, I, don't, I don't know what's grammatically correct there, actually, have spurs on their hind limbs that can deliver a dose of venom if under attack or to a competitor during mating season. Jesus, they actually, like, poison each other. Uh, the venom is resistant to most pain relief and can result in excruciating pain for those on the receiving end. Now, Luckily, it's not like, uh, you know, getting bit by a snake or something where, where the venom can kill you. It just hurts a lot for quite a while. <laughs> and does require some, some, uh, some medical attention, as you'll see. So there she is, you know, in the hospital. Um, here's a picture of the hand. It swells up. Oof. So, I, I mean, you know. Maybe you lose a hand from this. I'm not sure. Um, but there's one of the points of entry, as it points out. Um, so she was administered pain relief and antibiotics and then had emergency surgery to clean and suture the wound. A week on, and she is still in pain and unsure when the swelling will subside. I will be careful next time I try. No, don't rescue the fucking thing. How about that? Being careful. Leave it alone. <clears throat> like I said, seeing a platypus in a gutter is like, you know, I mean, I'm making some assumptions, but that seems like um, I saw a beaver <laughs> in a river and didn't want it to drown, so I snatched it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be fine. Uh, All right. With that, uh, we're going to pay a couple of bills, and then we will come back with some sports. So uh, I will see you in two and two. On my way over here, my brakes made an awful noise, and the last time I got them done, it was so expensive. You should go to EXO Auto Works. They did a great job on mine, and it was way cheaper than anywhere else I've been. That sounds great. I need to get their number from you. At EXO Auto Works, we offer the best price on brake service in town. We include brand new brake pads, rotors, and hardware, which saves you money and gets you on the road faster. See our website for a full list of our services. Call EXO Auto Works today. Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. You better come down here, get some of this shit. You like to eat? America loves to eat. 
So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get their feet rubbed? We'll fry anything you want for $5.99. As long as it's friable or edible, we're going to make it deliciable. We will fry parts of the chicken you didn't even know was friable. The beak, the feathers, we'll fry candy bars. All that European stuff that you don't really normally eat, we'll bring it down here and fry it for you. Ask McDonald's to fry something other than what they normally fry. Guess what you're going to get? Nothing. If it fit through the dough, I'll put it in the fryer. Hell, this is a dinosaur. All our meats are gently tenderized to their optimum deliciousness. We got fine dinosaur meat. Took my money, made me pay child support. Come on down here and get you a slice. Once they get your social security number, it's over. Motivated, 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 motivated. So friends, let's just decide you don't want no barbecue. Well, that's fine too. Why not let one of my foot specialists or myself perform my magic? Look at that, don't they look wonderful? If you really pay me enough, we'll massage your feet in any of these sauces also. Success is the rule down here at Jones. Good ass barbecue and foot massage. So go ahead and give me a call or find us on the worldwide internets at the new website. That's J-O-N-E-S big ass truck rental and storage.com backslash Jones. Good ass barbecue and foot Excuse me, did you call number 52? Did you hear me call number 52? Liz Bearded, do you put ribbons in your hair next? Good care's a fad, it'll never last. You using toothpaste? Look, everybody, this guy wants clean, healthy teeth. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> I saw you using soap earlier. You scrubbed away all the grime. That's women's favorite part. I love your beard. Can I touch it? Can't hurt to try. Grooming has evolved and so should you. Click now to order your sample pack today for only $10 and get 24 premium beard grooming products. I look good. Get 10% off with the code MANTOOLS. That's right. <clears throat> Sports brought to you by Live Bearded. Oh, you know what? I forgot the thing. So we'll do that real quick. <laughs> we'll do the sports thing. Here we go. All right, as I was saying, uh, sports brought to you by Live Bearded. Uh, dude, this has to be the best beard products I've had. Um, I re I got the sample pack because my wife isn't sure which one she might think smells the best. So we're going through the, uh, what is it, like six different fragrances. Um, and we'll see. I tried, uh, I think it was called Tombstone which was like a sweet tobacco, which she liked. And then today I tried, I think it was called Canyon. And it's like juniper and cypress and piney stuff, uh, which she liked that too. So we'll see if she has a favorite when this is uh, all said and done. Uh, but you can get yourself some of that by going over to beard.mantoolsmedia.com uh, and I, th I think when you go that way, it automatically applies the discount. But if it doesn't, use the code uh, MANTOOLS to get 10% off because it is worth it. All right. <clears throat> Sports. Sorry. Why? There, there we go. I'm not even on the right screen. Uh <clears throat> So we start with uh, the sport of running, which is my least favorite sport. I certainly don't want to do it. Uh, <laughs> but this dude, Kelvin Kiptum, has set a new world record for the marathon. This dude finished in two hours, zero minutes, and 35 seconds. 
That's 26 miles that he ran in basically two hours flat. I mean, I know the 35 seconds, every second counts in a sport like that, but which, in case you didn't do the math that quickly, is a four-minute and 36-mile pace. That's insane. That's crazy. And what's interesting is whenever one of these records are broken like this, where it's rather drastic, which from what I understand this one was, drastic breaking in the previous record, it'll just keep getting broken for like the next couple of years. Um, like decades or a century ago, I guess the big deal was running a, I think it was a 15 minute mile, something like that. They were like, there's no way or 10 minute, 10 minute mile thought was impossible, physically impossible. (laughs) And now if you're in the military, you'll get kicked out of the army if you can't run that. (laughs) So wild you know but um it's a weird it's like a psychological thing once something like that happens um other people can do it so uh look for that to get even faster in the next few years uh and then we get golf this is wild um i don't know if this is a record (laughs) They call it a record. I'm not sure if anyone was keeping a record exactly, but check out this drive. And by the way, you hear the wind, right? Whack. And you can't really see where it went. So I don't know. I heard him say 492, but this the headline from this says uh, 579 yards. So I don't know if he maybe he goes again. Five seventy seven. So I think he hits it again. It goes for two more. F- well, maybe not. Maybe it was 577. But holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and then finally, we end with some baseball. Uh, this is quite an ending to a game. <laughs> quite an upset if you're um, whoever was batting. This is uh, the Phillies and the Braves, I think. Where's my thing? There it is. Uh, yeah, Phillies and the Braves. So I believe the Braves are in blue hats, and the Phillies are in red. So the the batting team is not going to end up being happy with this. And it looks like it's going to be a home run. And nope, caught. And then, (laughs) not just caught. Dude was going for a double, I guess, and realized he couldn't make it. And tried to come back to first and got fucking tagged out at first. <laughs> and that is the end of the game. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's wild. That's quite the end of a game. Uh, you could say it, um, it was historical. So with that, let's get into the week in his story.
All right. This week in his story, as always, uh, is brought to you by Smith and Bradley. Uh, a life well lived is worth a watch well worn. And I am well wearing a watch. Uh, wearing a well watch. I don't know. Anyways, this watch is awesome. I love it. This is the Discovery Field Watch. It's great. Uh, keeps time very well, of course. That's its primary function. But it's rugged. Um, waterproof, lifetime warranty. It's killer. Um, and you're not restricted to just like a bare bones thing like this. This is the one I like. But um, you can get kind of fancy dressy watches, you know, uh, watches that look like uh, they might be made by a brand that rhymes with Folex <laughs> or something like that, like the Draper. Draper's a really nice-looking dress watch. Anyways, check out all of those watches over at smithandbradley.mantoolsmedia.com uh, because you deserve it. All right. <clears throat> This week in his story. Oh, I don't know why I skipped that. That's not what I wanted to push. Buttons aren't toys. I know that. Uh, <clears throat> we start with Japan, 1960. Uh, Inajiro, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Asanuma, leader of the Japanese Socialist Party was assassinated during a live TV broadcast in the most dramatic and Japanese way possible. Dude jumped up on the stage with a katana and fucking gutted him. <laughs> well, maybe not gutted, but stabbed and slashed, and it was game over. Wild. <clears throat> Wild. Uh, and I can sympathize with that feeling towards socialism, so... I'm not saying go murder people with a sword over it, but, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. October 13th, <clears throat> 2010. After <clears throat> being underground for a record 69 days, 33 miners trapped in a Copiapo, Chile mine are rescued. <clears throat> Sorry. This was a huge deal when it happened. Um, there, I'm trying to remember, there was a movie and I forget what it was called about this. Um, but one thing that was wild that was that happened in real life and was brought up in the movie. If you're watching on video, you can see that tube behind the guy. That's how they got them out. So they um, initially, obviously, when the collapse happened. Uh, it's like, we don't have food and water. That was a big deal. They started losing weight, right? <clears throat> and then they found a way, I'm not sure if it was with that tube or some other way, to start getting them food. <clears throat> so <laughs> they fattened back up. And then when they came up with this tube to get them out, they were like, you guys need to lose weight again. <laughs> Which I find, I don't know, I find that funny. <laughs> They're like, oh, cool. We got a way to get you out. But uh, now that you we got your food again and you're all fat, not fat, fat, but you see what I mean. You see how narrow that tube is. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to lose some. And, and I think everybody across the board down there had to lose some weight to get up the tube. So, but they did get them all out, man. 33 miners. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, let's see then. October 14th. 2012, Felix Baumgartner breaks the world record for highest man. Ah, this is not it. That's not it. Hang on. I'm going to go to uh, the week in history. I might have fucked this up. No. Cuz 
because I do want to find this uh, correctly. Here we go. Oh, this wasn't on the 14th. All right, well, I fucked up. <clears throat> well, all right, obviously that's not a picture of a guy <laughs> jumping from a balloon in space. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, I will. Uh, I'm going to grab the correct picture real quick. Man, there we go. And we'll share this instead. So as I was saying. <laughs> October 14th, 2012, Felix Baumgartner <clears throat> breaks the world record for highest man balloon fight, flight, then highest parachute jump, <laughs> and then the greatest free fall velocity, uh, parachuting from an altitude of 24 miles above the Earth. He basically jumped from space and got up there through a balloon. That's nuts. That's insane. Uh, and then we go on to uh, World War II. Uh, <laughs> October 15th, 1945. Vichy French Premier Pierre Laval is executed by a firing squad for his wartime collaboration with the Germans. If you don't know about Vichy France... Um, I, I'm not exactly sure about <clears throat> its politics and stuff before World War II or how it existed, but I do know that it was an area in France uh, <laughs> where, from what I understand, the Germans showed up and said, we want you to send every Jew... Uh, I forget, they had, but they had specifications like every, you know... Uh, male, Jew, aged, whatever to whatever, uh, we're going to take them. And the Vichy response to that was, could you just take them all? So, yep. They were completely down with the Nazis. And uh, that was the guy that was in charge. So, uh, not the guy on the left with the mustache smoking the cigarette, not the guy in the Nazi uniform. That's just to show that they're they were collaborating. So unlike the rest of France, which was ravaged by the Germans and had, you know, a resistance and all of that, Vichy France were collaborators. <clears throat> so. Um, and then, uh, let's see, October 17th, 1933, due to rising uh, more World War II stuff, kind of, well, not quite World War II, but leading up to. Uh, due to rising anti-Semitism and anti-intellectualism in Hitler's Germany, Albert Einstein immigrates to the United States and makes his new home in Princeton, New Jersey. Of course, teaching at the uh, university with that name. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the week in his story, which unfortunately is also the end of our show uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in we love you guys and fundraiser for 22 until none uh, is happening on well the fundraiser is already going on but the stream is happening on November 10th and will feature Kevin Sully Sullivan of the 21 Gun Podcast with Wade Whitrock of Moon Gotta Underwear, Kelly Pippen, a uh, really cool musician who lives here in town, has been on the show uh, once before, friend of ours. And then 
Dustin Hoggard, who was uh, my sergeant when I deployed to Kosovo, will all be on as members of the said roundtable. The fundraiser is going on now, and like I, like I said earlier, um, $2 will get you access to the stream. $22 enters you into a prize raffle, uh, and prizes include stuff from Moongod Underwear, Top X Trash Kratom, 22 Sierra Coffee, and Purple Works Nutrition. All good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> and if we raise $2,200, I will get my very first tattoo ever live on the air during the stream. So that is probably why you should donate <laughs> to see me do that. <laughs> get us up there to the 2200 uh, locals members how to be a cunning linguist is out now get that and all of our members only content for just three dollars a month uh, and you know you should get it because you probably need to learn how to uh, eat at the Y if you don't know what that means you'll find out um, and then uh, oh, yeah, for locals, you can uh, get a month free with the code support free speech, all one word. And uh, merch, check out our merch at merch.mantoolsmedia.com, where you can get free shipping if you're in our Facebook group and 20% off if you're a locals member. Another advantage to joining that. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, and thanks to you for watching and or listening. Please check us out on the web at mantoolsmedia.com and you can find all of our socials at links.co slash mantoolsmedia. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Same man time, same man channel. Good night, everybody.